Welcome to another episode of Girl, Can We Talk? You know, our couch talk where we sit around and giggle or when we lay across the bed and talk about that tough stuff. Maybe it's when we chit-chat on the phone about how our day went. Yeah, this is that space. It's that time. So sit back, relax, and enjoy as we dive into another episode. And by the way, did I mention my name is Cheryl? Yeah, it's me, your girl. So let's get into this. Hey girl, can we talk? Welcome to another episode. And this is, like I said, another exciting season. This is the season where we're going full-fledged video and audio. So those of you who can see us, hi. And those of you who can hear us, hi. Um, Thank you for joining us. And today I have a special guest. Um, This is my pastor. I've actually known you probably like for 25 years. Um, And uh, (laughs) yeah, but she just recently became my pastor and I'm really excited to have her on the show today. One, because she's going to give us our testimony and two, because she's going to talk to us about some exciting things that she has going on at the church and give you the location. And I really hope that you guys will be blessed by what she has to say. Her name is Pastor Jackie Bikes. <laughs> and yeah, let's get started. Hi. Hi. How Sweetie are you? Hi, honey bunch. I'm good. And you? I'm good. Thank you for joining us. Um, Thank you for so, having me. Um, first of all, I'm really glad that you accepted my invitation to be on my show and to give your testimony and talk a little bit about some of the things that you've been through. Mm -hmm. And I hope that our our, not our readers, but that's a good idea. Mm -hmm. Our listeners will be blessed by some of the things that God has delivered you from, Mm -hmm. because the whole point of everything that I am doing is to help others. Mm -hmm. Um, I want them to be delivered so that we can go forward. Mm -hmm. And I really believe that God has given you a strong message that Mm -hmm. has a lot of depth to it and people can really be helped. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. at your Whatever you feel comfortable talking about, mm-hmm. you can talk. And whatever you don't feel comfortable about, I'm perfectly fine with that. Oh. But I'm going to turn it over to you, oh. and you could tell us a little bit about yourself and oh. your testimony. Thank you so much, sweetie. You are, Cheryl is like a daughter to me, and I call her my daughter a lot of times. <laughs> so I love, love, love you and your family, and uh, you to me represent uh, these mighty women of God that are just operating low-key under the radar and making a massive uh, difference and um, and affecting so many people's lives in a good way. So thank you for what you do. Um, thank you for having me. Uh, I am, uh, I'll kind of turn a little bit, um, yeah. that I think that First of all, a little bit about me. Um, I am a servant of the Lord. I have uh, been in ministry for about 40 years now, and um, I turned 62. I'll be 63 in February. I'll just say that I am grateful to God for allowing me to live uh, this long. I have three wonderful children. They're all grown, all married. My son is the cameraman over there. Hey, Sunsy. And anyway, so yeah, I've got um, my children and one granddaughter and actually two because I've I've adopted others and brought them in but I am happy to see all of you um I don't see you for real but I see you 
in the spirit. And um, I want to share some of the things I I learned uh, about bitterness and anger, carrying a lot of that throughout my life and didn't realize it. And as I I got saved about 40 years ago and uh, hadn't looked back, but during that process of serving the Lord, you know, I didn't grow up being in church, didn't know anything about Jesus. And I, um, my mom raised five of us uh, alone. My dad chose to, when they divorced, chose to vacate the premises and act as if we didn't exist anymore. And so my mother raised us and she uh, pretty much instilled in me how to be a leader at a young age, at seven years old, eight years old, uh, because I helped and I was kind of like the mother uh, while she worked two and three jobs. And while doing that, uh, I just saw a lot of things. I noticed things that weren't right. And uh, especially with the relationship with my father, just we didn't have it. And it it was really painful because we would go to my grandma's house, his mother. She would pick us up on maybe twice a month and take us to her house and and we loved going over to grandma's house. And uh, she would, back then they had photo albums. Right. <laughs> remember those? Some of you may not know about I those. I remember those. Yeah. So I, oh, she would open it up and show us pictures. And my dad had gotten remarried, had two other uh, girls, which I love them, my sisters, uh, and show them on the beach, show them in their beautiful house. And we were struggling, y'all. We barely had food to eat. Um, we barely had the necessities, but God always provided, even though we didn't know the Lord coming up. And I got really angry. And my grandma, I think, felt like that was a way to keep us connected. She would say things like, and this is your uncle, this is your aunt, and this your da- there's your dad here, blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, why are you torturing us like that? You right. know, it was really painful. And I remember saying, hey, grandma, can we talk to daddy on the phone? And and she was like, hold on a minute. She'd go call him because he wouldn't give us his number. Wow. And she called him and uh, I heard her saying, um, oh, you need to speak to your kids and stuff like that. And, and I guess he said no, because we didn't get to talk to him. And just things like that, that I noticed uh, being the oldest and seeing things and my mom struggling. I can remember times you know, she's trying to make ends meet. And I can remember times her being in her bedroom and I'd go in there and she'd be crying because just trying to figure out, we could not get any government assistance, right? Uh, no Medicaid, nothing, no food stamps, Section 8. I don't even think it existed then. So she had to work a lot outside of the home to provide for us. Uh, and she taught me how to pay the bills and so I do a lot of that at the church now. I take care of all those things. Um, I'm the associate pastor at Good Samaritan Christian Center. My mom's the pastor. and But that those things stood out. And, and how my mother, though, what I loved was that she did not teach us to be angry towards my father. She just always said to us, I'll let you make your own decision you know, about him. And she didn't talk bad about him to us coming up. She didn't say he's a dirty dog. He's this, he's that, you know, which I felt that in my heart that he was. And uh, just by seeing how he took care of my two younger siblings that he had new family he had, he had out in California. And, uh, so anyway, 
that to when I got saved in my early 20s. Um, Can I ask a quick question? Sure. So since your mom was uh, out of the home a lot and you had to take up a lot of the responsibilities, did that ever make you feel like you lost some of your childhood? Mm, Great question. Um, I don't think so for me because I still had a pretty vibrant childhood. I mean, I was always a loner because my two brothers and my two sisters were close in age and they all hung out together and I was always alone. So I I didn't like that, but because I would always say, I wish I had a sibling my age or somebody that I could be close to. And actually, when you bring that up, I used to pray to God to say, you know, Lord, um, send me my husband. (laughs) I want my uh, husband. And I didn't know how to pray, but I would pray, God, please, you know, I, I hate being alone or whatever. And, but I played with my cousins and I was right. in the drill team. I was active in school, pom-pom girl, all those things. So even uh, though your mom was a single parent, mm-hmm. she still allowed you to be who you were mm-hmm. and it didn't infringe on your growth process, your development. And that's that's a hard thing to do mm-hmm. as a single parent, it especially is. when you have to ask the oldest child to step up to the plate and do things mm-hmm. that she wouldn't have had to do Exactly, if your father was in the picture. Exactly. So your mom, she she's a she's tough amazing. lady and she is very amazing. Mm-hmm. And I could see how just the knowing you and your sisters, and I've met your brother once, but mm-hmm. I know you and your sister. Mm-hmm. You guys all seem like happy people. Mm-hmm. Like you don't seem like you had a tough childhood. Mm-hmm. So Thank she did you. a good job. She did because there was always laughter too. I believe that because she's still that. She's way always now. always. She's and, just a ball uh, of joy. She is, and she was like that even then, even when we were getting high, partying, and all those things. <laughs> together sometimes even, um, playing cards, playing games and gambling our allowance away, uh, you know, our dollar or whatever it was, you know, playing talk. And, um, but we just had lots of fun and laughter. And even when she would come home from working two shifts, she'd come in and, you know, how's my babies. And, and I mean, and yeah, she was still firm. So she had structure, uh, on the refrigerator door were our task. And then what we would get for an allowance, if we didn't do it, it was a deduction chart. <laughs> minus 10 cents for you, minus... De- and I mean, she kept that thing up. And I'm like, what? So yeah, it was... Um, it was she. I learned so much by watching. Right. She didn't always say, now, here's what I want you to do. Although she right. would tell me a lot of things. right? Uh, and I learned how to be um, creative and make something out of nothing. Cause, and that's how I learned cooking. I love to cook uh, and I like creating recipes. And I learned that by experimenting with my siblings, coming up with barbecue sauce, creating right. coo- you know, the super duper Kool-Aid I with lots of sugar. I think all of you guys can cook. <laughs> yeah, everybody so, can. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's amazing. Can. That is something. And, and I don't even know when they got to cook my sisters because- and my brother, my brother cooks too. And wow. and my other brother passed on and he's with the Lord already. But, um, you know, everybody enjoyed cooking, but I became a good fried potato master. Um, I've shared that story before because yeah. we had lots of potatoes and I would uh, fry up potatoes, make potato cakes, mashed potatoes, whatever it was, I could make something out of potatoes. So, you know, and, and create something. I, re- I remember creating a um, 
pancake as big as the skillet and uh, plopped it down on my brother's plate. And they were like, wow, that looks so good. And he started to cut into it. And all of a sudden, here comes all the stuff oozing out of the center. <laughs> I thought, oops, sorry. I guess I better cook that longer. Maybe not so big. Right. So yeah, learn from those things. But um, I remember one time our gas got cut off uh, after the deadline of no longer, you know, uh, the gas company would say, this is the deadline, like in the spring or whatever, mm-hmm. and they can cut your utilities off. During the winter, they would not. And they cut it off and we didn't have gas. And so that's how we cooked on a gas stove. And we also um, took our baths and hot water, you know, whatever. And so we didn't have that. We had electricity. So instead of my mother saying, woe is me, what am I going to do? She went out and bought a hot plate. And so that's just kind of like an on-the-counter kind of a uh, mm-hmm. cooktop yeah. and a box kind of shape. And so she got that, and we uh, kept on going like normal, cooking there, boiling water, running it up the steps to pour in the tub, taking our baths, washing clothes by hand. You know, there was no excuse uh, for us to ever go to school dirty. Right. She would just say, wash it out by hand right. and taught us how to survive, how right. to thrive, right. you know, not just get by, but to really thrive in life. So I learned a lot from her in the, how to endure no matter what it looks like. And again, we didn't know the Lord, but she always, and I see it now, gives credit to God, which is awesome because he was always there. Right. We just didn't know him yet. He was always there. So I'm so grateful uh, for that. And, um, so I, I remember, uh, after I got saved in a church that I raised my kids in victory temple years, that's where I met you too. Right. And was there for like 28 years and, uh, grew up there and, and learned a lot. And, um, I remember being promoted, teaching the youth group and, um, you know, being over Sunday school, all those things. But there was still this one thing nagging that was wrong. And uh, and and that that also helped me to see something how uh as we grow in Christ, how there's still some blind spots or there's still some areas in our lives that we have not totally yielded unto God. God is still using us in our gifts in other mm-hmm. areas because I was still being used to teach, I was still being used you know, to to do the kitchen stuff. I mean, anything like that or over doing Sunday school. And I was still gifted to do it, but then there was this other area and that was bitterness and unforgiveness. Right. And, And God brought it to my attention though, but I refused to yield. I heard it, but I didn't obey, you know, the first time he, and I loved it that at our old church, at Victory Temple, which we're going to be starting to do at our church soon, um, we had women's meetings. Yeah, and I miss those. Weren't those wonderful? Yes. As a new believer, they helped me, like literally, help build the foundation of mm-hmm. the reason why. Even though I've been walking with the Lord for twenty five years. Mm-hmm. Even the times when you could quite quote unquote say I was backslidden, I still that pull was still there because the foundation was firm, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and that that was a blessing. Mm-hmm. That was a real blessing. It's so powerful getting together and being transparent 
with another group of women yes. who, you know, some are been saved for umpteen ages, some newly saved, some right. not quite there yet. And right. that's okay. That's what it's about. So I miss those so much. Yeah. Uh, we would break bread together. We pray together. And I mean, it was a lot of deliverance going on. In it those- was. <laughs> It really was. And a lot of rebuking I and know. all kind of stuff. I know. I miss it so much. And uh we're we gonna be we're gonna be getting back to doing that That's at our church. Up. I'm I'm excited about it and you partnering in, you know, we, we yeah. may take turns. You know, just looking at having back. different women come in and speaking and sharing and yeah. Yeah. So um doing what we can with what we have. Exactly. Exactly. And and I think a lot of Women and men are hungry for that. Uh, I know my husband was doing it with men and, and having men's breakfast because men like breakfast. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I shouldn't label all men, but I know most of them do. They like to get together for breakfast. Right. And I mean, it it grew and those men would come and he didn't just beat them over the head with the Bible, with the word of God. It, it would just, it was a subtle thing. And they just start off just talking like men in a barbershop do. Mm-hmm. And, and it was just... Oh my gosh, so many people um, were saved, got a better understanding. It was young and old. So yeah, I I was grateful. I'm grateful to God for that. When I went, was going to those women's meetings, that's when I think every time God was showing me I had unforgiveness and he would send someone, you know, y'all, God uses people. Yeah. And he'll speak through people. And uh, one of the ladies came up to me and said, um, Sister Jackie, um, the Lord told me to tell you that, that you have unforgiveness in your heart. And I'm like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Thanks for letting me know. You know, and <laughs> I was gracious and everything. But I'm like, and I just let it go. Right. I didn't think anything more of it. Right. I love the person that brought it to me. It takes a lot of bravery to do that and courage to go up and do say what God is telling you to mm-hmm. say to someone. And um, I appreciated that. And, and I would say maybe a couple of years later, it happened again. Someone else came to me and and said it and and th- that time I was like okay all right and I, I'm thinking I said I knew what it was and I said Lord he's the one that owes me an apology right he's the one that did me dirty why right. do I have to apologize why do I have to forgive I mean he's the one that left us you know and. And you were, you're the child. Right. He's the adult. Right. He should have been the one to come to you. Right. And he he never did. And and the Lord said, it's not about him. Mm. It's about freeing you up. And I didn't do it right at that time. And I remember when Mary Mary came out with that song, take the shackles off my feet so I can dance, you know, and uh, that is when... Around that time is when I finally yielded. And so that's, I don't know, it's probably got to be at least 20 years or so ago. Yeah. And um, I finally yielded. And he had moved to North Carolina by then. And um, so I called. And because, you know, we can talk ourselves out of some stuff. Oh, yes. So you Especially wanna... when it comes to apologizing for something you did not do. Exactly. Exactly. Or asking him to forgive you for something that you didn't do, you know? Mm -hmm. And I I was like, okay. I knew I had to do it quick. And I picked up that phone. I called. Because we did have some interaction a little bit. Um, And I'll say this before I tell you the rest. We had an interaction. And here's one of the things that really knocked the ball out of the park for me. 
with my father that that hate and and I guess I don't even know if it was hate, but I know bitterness and because uh, I, I just I want him to love me, you know, and show that love. I remember we all went to California for the summer to visit him. And we didn't have luggage. We had, you know, all our stuff was in trash bags on the plane. And that's why I have two sets of luggage right now because <laughs> <laughs> you're going to make up for that. Oh man, it's funny. Hell yeah. But that's a whole nother story. Right. Um, but yeah, so I, that was embarrassing, but you know, it is what it is. And, um, Went and got there and he picked us up and and we were all going to go to Disneyland the next day. And uh, we were all excited. And all seven of us, my two new sisters and my two brothers and two sisters uh, from my with from my mom and, and my dad's relationship. And we were all ready and at the door, ready to get in the car and go. And my stepmom at the time said, uh, tell my dad, let's go in here. We need to talk for a minute. And within a few minutes, they came back out. My dad said, um, well, we've decided we're going to only take our two, something like that, and we'll take y'all another time. That sealed it for me. I was heartbroken. I was so hurt. And he left us with my, with her nephew, who was mm. not much older than me. And we just all fought. We fought. You know, we we the were all time. angry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was gonna say, I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure you guys were. Oh, everybody was so mad and hurt. My brothers, oh my gosh, my youngest brother. Don't even mention my daddy's name around him even today. He will not. He's like um, 59 years old now, and he's like, I don't even want to. I don't want to hear it about him. Um, but that happened, and that during after that happened. One of the things that God gave me to do to help me in that area, uh, I, I'm an entrepreneur, uh, and I've been an entrepreneur for many years, almost 30 years, and then worked off and on uh, for other, another company. But during that time, I was invited uh, to speak at different schools about entrepreneurship. And God gave me uh, a way to do it, to intertwine uh, what the power of forgiveness and uh, getting past things after I and I, after I was able to get past it, but that was really good therapy for me mm-hmm. and to see other kids that were going through similar. But back to the phone call, so I I called my daddy, got my stepmom, and the Lord said her too, and I explained to her. I said, "Listen, I just want to let you know I." I've been really bitter and angry towards y'all and yada, yada, and what, you know, to ask for your forgiveness. And she said, oh yeah. And just very nice and gracious. And, and she said, well, your daddy's not here. As soon as he gets home, I'll have him call you. I'm like, okay. And when he got home, he called and I'm like, oh, hey daddy, how are you doing? And and shared the same thing with him. And I was really thinking he was going to say, Oh, baby, me too. I am sorry. I shouldn't have done what I did. Or, you know, I should have spent more time with y'all. He said nothing. Mm-hmm. He was just quiet. He didn't say anything. Actually, he changed the subject after I said that. And I just, my heart dropped again. And after I hung up the phone, the Lord said, This is what I feel. I what I remember. Mm-hmm. Well done, thy good and faithful yeah. servant. Good job. And then he elevated me to a whole nother 
realm and the spiritual realm that I never knew existed. Yeah. I was free. And that's when that song, you know, um, takes the shackles off my feet so I can dance. I'd like to take this time to thank everyone who has helped bring this about. First, Marcus Williams, Garvaz Creative, Charmel Cofield, and Justice West. My special guests, but mostly you, my listeners. So until next time, stay true, stay you, stay woman.